0: Can you dig it, bookworms? How is it going? I am your host, Josh Martinez, and welcome to a special episode of Not Your Mom's Book Club. Uh, This is something I like to call in between the pages. It is exactly what it sounds like. It is an episode that is specifically designed to be in between the main episodes uh sometimes i will be by myself sometimes i will not be we'll see how that goes but basically what this episode is for is to uh further discuss some things that we weren't able to get to uh in the main episode you know sometimes we go so fast or get so excited or become fixated on one thing we might not be able to hit all the points we want to so this is an uh A pretty good way to go back and revisit that also we could use this as a chance to read poetry or short stories or even discuss uh, things that you guys have brought up or asked us in various forms uh, which would be very fun so this is pretty much a participation episode kind of so feel free to participate in any way shape or form Uh, so I want to start this specific episode off by saying that I have finally seen the ready player one movie. That's right. I, I manned up. I bought the ticket went early on on Thursday. It was like the first showing of the day. And I was like by myself. It was beautiful. It was great. But my, my preference for the movie, it was, uh, it was okay. It wasn't what I was expecting. And I think it was Ray that said in the last episode, uh, he would have rather seen the movie first before reading the book and i totally 100 percent agree with him agree with him um it it was just way different than the book it, it really was uh but mostly because some of the things in the book can't really be watched by people you know i don't think people want to see uh, a kid for 10 minutes play joust or um you know try to perfectly ace black tiger um so they have to make it a little more action-packed it has to be a lot more character driven uh than the book but in different ways um so like in the movie, the first challenge right off the bat it is a race through new, uh, modified New York City, uh, where the T Rex from Jurassic Park and King Kong try to kill you, pretty much. Um, and it's intense. It's, it's 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 really fun to watch. And the second challenge is you have to. They had to go in the shine The Shining, the movie, and they have to go find the key. And Kira is the key um so it's it's different um some of the characters are more prevalent prevalent than they were in the book and some aren't um ogden as we discussed in the last episode um he gets a little bit of a reduct his role is reduced a little bit. He becomes more of kinda of like the I like I guess Lawrence said is the curator. He's kind of the guy that talks him through Halliday's museum or whatever. Um and Sorrento gets a little bit more spotlight, which I, I didn't like personally. I I like my corporate goons faceless and not too deep. I just need to know that I hate him. I don't need to see him struggle with sometimes being the bad guy it is what it is um there are also some new characters that were in, uh, characters that were introduced uh mostly on the IOI side like sorrento has this badass right hand girl uh, and then some of the oologes uh working for IOI get some spotlight oh and irock is actually more of a villain in this one like in the book he was just some douche nozzle poser Um, But in the movie, he is a legitimate bat. Like, he's a pain in the ass. (laughs) He really is. Um, But, you know, what what I got from watching the movie was I definitely appreciate books a lot more. You know, books have just unlimited resources. You can write whatever, and it's all within your own head. Everything is laid out. You read it. You picture it. You do you cast the movie yourself you know whereas you know like with player one they had to cut some stuff out you know and they had to add some stuff that might not be what we all really wanted uh but that's that's the beauty of books you know is the imagination is able to run wild imagination (laughs) uh so with that being said i do want to bring up uh something that i that i was recently thinking about watching the movie and and rethinking about the book for this episode um the oasis cool place you know it's it's a great video game very immersive it's not just a game it's kind of a lifestyle you know people work in the oasis which is really cool um but the actual world around them is shit, right i mean the economy is bad Governments don't seem to be as strong as they once were. Uh, the it, it's uh, pretty much in summation It's just it's a terrible place to live. It's it's a terrible time to be in. But they get through it by playing the oasis. Understandable, you know. But when does the oasis become less of an an escape and more of an excuse? You know, if these people. Who spend literally days inside of the game, put that much energy in actually fixing their world? Could the world be a better place? There, one example that I'll bring up—it's uh, a small little thing. I thought it was funny, but also interesting. In the movie, there's this girl. She's on Planet Doom, and she's kicking ass. You know, she's fighting and stuff. And, you know, they show her avatar. She's going through. She's shooting baddies. Blah 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 blah. Um, and then they, you know, they go back to reality, and you just see this woman in like goggles and and gloves, and just like yelling at nothing and punching things. And in the background, you see this pot. Uh, this cooking pot in flames and this little kid comes up and says mom mom it's there's a fire there's a fire and she's like let your dad handle it you know and you don't even know where the dad is the dad is probably also somewhere in that stack playing the oasis you know but that's kind of a little taste of what's going on no one really cares about what's going on outside of those goggles everybody wants to focus on leveling up their avatar or, or or being really cool and badass inside of this game. Um, and another thing they do do in the movie um, that I thought was really cool, they kind of explain a little more about what happens after they win um, the high five. You know, they all become, you know, Parseval lets them all, all five of them kind of rule the oasis. Um, it's not just him, you know, it's the five of them splitting up the power, which is, of course, you know, the five of them being him, Artemis, H. Dato and shoto um because Dato doesn't die i'm very upset about that uh just because it was i mean it was i i have my own reasons <laughs> i don't want to get into it now i'll get too emotional anyways um but what they do decide to do is they decide to close the oasis on tuesdays and thursdays so that other people can, so the people that play can enjoy reality because that is something too that they emphasize in the movie is reality is better than, you know, than the video game. Halliday, I think, says, he goes, you know, one thing that's cool, you know, what's cool about being in reality is you can actually get a really good meal, you know, and that was his kind of way of saying, I didn't live life, I I lived a pretend life, I didn't get to live the life I wanted to, which kind of made him miss out on Kira and all that, but that mindset kind of is what i'm talking about is you know maybe people need to in this world need to start realizing there's more to than just the oasis you know the my world is in trouble i there's a lot of shit going on and i maybe need to fix it you know uh just something to to think about you know because especially now you know uh in our our reality where technology is Amazing. You know, technology is always improving. It's super, it's becoming super duper cool. We ourselves have to be a little more wary of not letting our technology control us, you know, uh, of not you know, because I, I personally use, I, I love game, I love video games, I, I have a PS4, I play it all the time, but I have to be conscious not to, you know, fully let myself become obsessed, you know, lose myself in the video game, I, I still need to remind myself, hey, I have to be a contributing, contributing member to society. Uh, that's, the, you know, that's something that I always try to, you know, do, I, I what can I do today? um and because it, it is easy to slip into that like i said i mean alexa we don't have to do anything alexa what's the weather alexa what's traffic like alexa buy this alexa put this in the side. and alexa remind me you know what i mean like that's i think alexa is like the perfect example for that you know um <laughs> which is scary but also pretty interesting as to where where will we go from alexa you know now we're talking about self-driving cars and cars that can fly and now there's going to be a hotel uh, satellite that will orbit around the earth how fucking cool is that so you know we just have to be aware that technology is cool but we have to do our part in keeping the world uh, together because it is falling apart (laughs) i don't mean to get too dark but it's falling apart we just have to do our part work together Uh, i'm not off my soapbox just yet Uh, I do want to bring up another point that was very interesting. I came across a couple of articles that I saw that had a kind of a problem with Reddit Gamer 1. Uh, I want to bring it up, just talk about it for a little bit, and let you guys think and let us know what you also think. When Ernest Klein wrote this in 2000, 2011, a little quickly after that, what happened was Gamergate. And for those of you that don't know what Gamergate is, it is a very disgusting, disgraceful, terrible thing that happened in the gamer community. It's left a very ugly stain on, on in the gaming community. Uh, what it was in its basic form is male gamers decided that female gamers aren't really gamers because that they're female, pretty much. And it's not a really strong argument um, but nonetheless, they did treat female gamers like shit. They verbally abused them online. Um, they also, there was a couple instances of rape, like in person, they would find, they would, like at conventions and stuff, they would gang up on them. It's very disturbing. Uh, also swatting kind of came into play. And again, for those of you that don't know, swatting, uh, it's when someone kind of back traces their, whoever's IP address finds the actual You know add address and sends that address to the police and says uh, There's something shady. There's like something really bad going down there. You need to send uh, The SWAT team whatever and the cops have no choice, but to treat it like oh my god This probably really is it that we have to protect ourselves So let's go full force and they break in with the SWAT team and scare the shit out of whoever's in that house one person actually almost uh, actually died from it unfortunately Uh, very bad, but anyways With that being said, and that kind of attitude, uh, with that lens that we have to look through now because of this, um, people say, you know, Ernest Cline kind of wrote that with that male-dominant, that male-gamer-dominance attitude in mind, you know, Uh, because you look at it, Parzival is a straight white male who gets all the money, all the glory, strictly through being good at video games and pop culture knowledge that's it. He has really no special skill. He's not too athletic. He's not the smartest. He's not a superhero. He's just a regular dorky kid that plays video games really well, and is good at remembering random facts. And that's it. Um, You know, and then so it's like, yeah, so so, you know, gamer, guy gamers are really good. But then you look at, uh, you know, Artemis, and she she's, She's not that deep of a character. She's really not, if you think about it. Um, I think the most, the deepest she gets is she just mentions that she, if she win, if, if she wins, she wants to use the billions of dollars that she wins to help uh, fight world hunger, and that's about it. Because then, in the end, she basically also becomes a trophy. You know, she. The whole thing was kind of like we discussed. Was the whole thing really was to meet her. You know, like that was his end game was to meet her was to win the girl. Uh, another kind of thing that was mentioned to you was H's character. You know, she's also female, but she's also uh, black and gay. She's like a super minority She's a minority on top of minor. you know, she's a super minority in this world, you know, because we usually just kind of they don't really specify a lot of things. And, you know, when they discuss when h kind of brings her shit to Parsible and tells everything all he says is, i don't care but shouldn't he care you know um her hiding her female identity but also being black and you know gay with all this knowledge now shouldn't she be able to probably be that with her avatar shouldn't she be able to come out and and fully own what she is with the hell of with the help of Parzival, but instead he just kind of brushes that inside and says, no no no, it's fine. So these are just things that I want to bring up for us to think about. Uh it's in my in my opinion, I don't think Ernest Klein wrote it specifically with that point of view, but I do think because of what has happened, we have to look at it through this lens of was this a precursor to game you know gamergate is is was this just without him thinking subconsciously just how all male gamers think uh you know it, it's just like all things some sometimes you know I, I especially now you know with the me too movement and stuff like that and and a lot of our heroes and people that we looked looked up to being accused of these atrocious thing atrocious things you know it's hard to look at it like that but we have to because of in light of what's happening, the lens is always going to be there. We always have to look at it a certain way. Um, you know, now with this deep seated racism that the country has always have, we have to look at things now in a, in a certain way. Um, and it sucks that we have to, it really does. But unfortunately that's what society has presented to us. And in order for us to fully understand all sides, we have to look at it this way. Um, so this is what I propose to you. Uh, you know, do your research, let us know what you think. Come, you know, um, This is what a book club is. We, we bring certain items to the table and we leave it up for discussion. Uh, not saying anybody's right, not saying anybody is wrong. This is just a purely um, you know, moral philosophical debate. Um, Well, now that that is out of the way, um, what I do want to do for you guys is read you a poem. What? You're going to read? Yes, yes, I'm going to read. It is a book podcast after all. No, um, Ernest Klein. before he was a screenwriter and a successful author, he was also a poet. He won a couple of uh, poetry slam competitions uh, in Austin, late 90s, early 2000s, so... What I'm going to read for you guys is one of his that he performed. It's called Dance Monkeys Dance. Um, I will again, I'll indulge me in this. I'm going to be reading it for you guys. listen, see what you think. Here we go. This is Dance Monkeys Dance by Ernest Klein. <clears throat> Orbiting the Sun at about 93 million miles is a little blue planet, and this planet is run by a bunch of monkeys now the monkeys don't think of themselves as monkeys they don't even think of themselves as animals and they love to list all the things that they think separate them from the animals opposable thumbs self-awareness and they'll use words like homo erectus and australopithecus i mean you say tomato i say tomato they're animals all right they're monkeys you know monkeys with high-speed digital fiber-optic technology but monkeys nevertheless i mean they're clever you gotta give them that um the pyramids skyscrapers phantom jets the great wall of china that's all some pretty impressive shit for a bunch of monkeys monkeys whose brains have evolved to such an unmanageable size that it's now pretty much impossible from then to stay happy for any length of time in fact They're the only animals that think they're supposed to be happy. All of the other animals can just be. But it's not that simple for the monkeys. You see, the monkeys are cursed with consciousness. And so the monkeys are afraid. So the monkeys worry. The monkeys worry about everything, but mostly about what all the other monkeys think. Because the monkeys desperately want to fit in with the other monkeys which is hard to do because a lot of the monkeys seem to hate each other this is what really separates them from the other animals these monkeys hate they hate monkeys that are different monkeys from different places monkeys who are a different color you you see the monkeys feel alone all six billion of them and some of the monkeys pay another monkey to listen to their problems because, well, the monkeys want answers. And the monkeys don't want to die. So the monkeys make up gods and then worship them. And then the monkeys argue over who's made-up god is better. And then the monkeys get really pissed off. And this is usually when the monkeys decide that it's a good time to start killing each other. So the monkeys rage war. And the monkeys make hydrogen bombs. The monkeys have got their whole fucking planet wired up to explode the monkeys just can't help it some of the monkeys play to a sold-out crowd of other monkeys and the monkeys make trophies and then they give them to each other like it means something and some of the monkeys think that oh they have it all worked out you know some of the monkeys read Nietzsche and the monkeys argue about Nietzsche without giving any consideration to the fact that Nietzsche was just another fucking monkey The monkeys make plans, the monkeys fall in love, the monkeys fuck, and then they make more monkeys, and the monkeys make music, and then the monkeys dance. Dance monkeys dance. The monkeys make a hell of a lot of noise, exhibit A, a monkey making noise, and when he's done, five other randomly selected monkeys will rate this monkey's noises on a scale from one to ten. And at the end of the night, they add up all the numbers to see which monkey made the best noises. As you can see, these are some fucked up monkeys. These monkeys are at once the ugliest and most beautiful creatures on the planet. And the monkeys don't want to be monkeys. They they want to be something else. But they're not. And that was Dance Monkeys Dance by Ernest Klein. Thank you so much for listening. All right, people, we are done with our very first episode, Junior, again entitled In Between the Pages. I'm very proud of that title. I thought it was very clever. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I know last time, last episode, I said we're not, we just have the email address. Well, I lied. We're on all the social medias now. Well, the main ones, really. We are now on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash not your mom's book slash not your mom's book club podcast. I'll say that again because I stumbled over it. Facebook.com slash not your mom's book club podcast. Like the page on there. You're able to comment uh, and like and post stuff, uh, which is very cool. Uh, we hope to see you guys active on there. We're also on Twitter. We are on the Twitter. Our handle is at not your mom's book. That's right. We are at not your mom's book. Twitter couldn't spare four more characters, but whatever. I'm not. I'm not bitter about it. It's fine. It is. It's fine. It's whatever. It's whatever. <laughs> We're also on Instagram at uh, not your mom's book club podcast, and we use that just to kind of help uh, you guys visualize other things that you know in the book that maybe sometimes just weren't that easy. Like we have. Uh, some images of Black Tiger on there right now. The video game. We have uh, some of the music that was used in the book on the Instagram as well. So use that. Um, and if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, thank you so much. Um, please like this and repost this as well, and follow us. Um, but we are now also we've branched out to iTunes. That's right. We're on the iTunes podcast app, uh, which is very cool. So. Listen to us on there, subscribe, and rate and review us, please, and thank you. Uh, if we get a lot of reviews and and ratings going in, uh, iTunes has a new noteworthy section that they have, and if we get so many, we get featured on that, so please help us get on that. That would really, really boost us uh, tremendously, which would be great. Uh, let's try to get 30, 30 ratings and thirty reviews by the next time. That would be pretty, pretty awesome. Thank you guys so much. Pretty, pretty please do that. Um, and maybe you, if you're listening to this and you don't have an iPhone or you just don't like using the podcast app, that's fine. There's also the Stitcher podcast app, which is also really easy and fun to use. Um, All you do is download Stitcher. You can look us up on there, subscribe on there, and you can get us that way as well. Also, if you don't want to listen to us on your phone, you're at work, or you just want to listen on your desktop, you can go to stitcher.com, listen to us there as well i also want to take this time just to thank everybody so much uh the if you've already followed us on any of the social media pages if you subscribe to this and are listening to this and have become early fans of this podcast i really want to thank you so much uh this is my baby Uh, i've been had i've had many sleepless nights um not worrying but just kind of stressing i guess (laughs) worrying is also the same word <laughs> over this uh you know like i said this is this is my brain child and and seeing it take off not take off we're we're off the runway for sure the landing gear is up and we're, we're coasting right now but thank you guys so much for all the love and support i, I mean it um thank you so much ray and 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 uh, lauren and i we really really thank you thank you guys again uh so that's it uh our next book is the catcher in the rye Please read up on that. I am almost done as of this recording. We'll be recording very soon. If you caught... If you caught that we are reading *The Catcher in the Rye* in the last episode, kudos to you. You get a gold star. If not, and this is your first time hearing it, I'm sorry. You got to get on it. Get on it. Read it. Um, there's no excuse now. We're on everything. I will be using all the social medias to remind everybody to read this. Uh, full participation, guys. Let's let's get it. Let's get it into gear. We can do this. All right. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this. And let's see what happens with *Catcher in the Rye*. Take care.